feels like Tuesday. It feels like Tuesday night in the champagne room of Basement Podcast Studios, Kensington, Maryland. I'm Ken Marangolo, joined by my good good friends, not just my Tuesday night friends, but it, but tonight they're Tuesday night friends. Kevin Ricca. Man, I'm happy. We got some California love on the show tonight. And we do. Brother. We do. Tim Strachan. This is going to be fun. We want to welcome to tonight's episode of The Audible, tonight's production of Off Season on the Brink, uh, getting brinkier by the second. We want to welcome in our guest for tonight's conversation, Senor Dan Helly. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, sir. Ken, Tim, Kevin, uh, glad to be with you guys, man. Always good to talk a little Redskins. Mm. Yeah, and you are a Redskins guy. I think that comes through. I think when people watch, they see you. Uh, you have to, you know, you can't just, you know, you can't wear it necessarily the same way we do. But I would just want to show a little appreciation. It does come through. I think uh, I think you definitely rep. It's awesome. The representation is tremendous. Uh, oh, NFL Network. I don't think I said the actual dude. words, NFL Network. Swag anchor on NFL Network. Swag anchor is that your swag is, that, anchor. is that your technical title? <laughs> I seen his socks. I'll take that. I don't know if yeah. they've actually put that in my lower third graphic, but uh, I'm gonna swag have to swag anchor that from here on out. <laughs> I like it, that. It is. It is. It's freaking awesome watching you with your son and daughter courtside at the Staples Center with. Uh, <laughs> With, with, but but great job, Dad. You got you got your son and daughter wearing Washington basketball T-shirts against the Clippers, courtside of the Staples Center, nice. just representing you were the left coast to the fullest, decked out in yeah. Clipper Daryl. Yeah, that was uh, that was that was pretty fun, man. Um, I was, uh, you know, the coolest thing about my job is that I get to do that kind of stuff with the kids. I never got to yeah. do that stuff as a kid. Come on, man. Like, I, I didn't even have season tickets for the Redskins. When my grandpa wasn't using his, I might get a sneak in. It was usually the preseason games that they, uh, they let me go to. So to be able to do that kind of stuff with, uh, with my kids is pretty awesome. And when John Wall came over pregame and shook my son Chase's hand, you could just see his eyes. Like he didn't, he didn't know <laughs> what to say. He just kind of froze, you know? I, I just remember when I was a kid back in the day going around to the Art Monk football camp or one year I went to uh, offense-defense football camp, it was called. I think it was up at Shippensburg. And uh, I met uh, met Phil Sims for the first time. And I I think I said, I know everything about you. Phil, he goes, really? What do you know? I know you went to Moorhead State. And um, there was something else that was on the back of his football card that I regurgitated. He goes, that's awesome, kid. That was all on the back of my football card. Give me something new. <laughs> and, I, and I froze. I, I felt like I had met John Wall for the first time. I'm like, uh, uh, you play for the Giants? Um, yeah, but, but no, it's cool, man. It's 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 been fun to to experience those things with uh, with my kiddos. That was awesome, and, and and Phil Sims didn't put forty one on those fools on their home court, uh, the way I remember, and I'm Truth. sure Chase does as well. Truth, no, there's there's no doubt about that, and I, I'm actually curious to see what Phil Sims is going to be doing from here on out. But that's yeah. an entirely uh, different it, conversation. Just on the same topic, though, I know you had your kids with you, but how did the the locals treat you with your uh, your your DC gear? Well, it was funny. Um, there were a couple of DC people in the, in the stands and I'll have to be totally transparent with you on this one. I, I didn't have, um, my kids wearing gear when I got there doing part to the fact that the Clippers gave me the tickets. So we go down uh, pregame and talk to some old friends, Steve Buckhans and, um, some of the guys that work for the wizards and, uh, the equipment guy asked if I had, uh, shirts for the kids. And I'm like, actually, I don't. He goes, well, here's a couple. And so I took them out thinking that they're going to, you know, wait and take them home. And like, 
Dad, we're going to put him on right now. I'm like, well, put him on right now. Um, so hopefully the Clippers didn't get too fired up that we were we were cheering for our hometown Wizards. <laughs> I, I think they were okay with it, considering the uh, the PR guy is a Northern Virginia guy and went to JMU. So oh, get nice. out. That's funny. But the, but cool. they wore their breakaway pants and the John Wall Reeboks. Uh, they brought those in. <laughs> yep. Next time, next time they're going to have all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And and you were protecting this house, which I appreciated. You know? Well, speaking of protecting always, this house, bro. Dan Helley protects this house all the way on the. From the Pacific, you know, ocean side. He of caught the, him of on the two hundred two. He does. He does. He's, he's on the two hundred two. Um, I I wanted to ask you a question. So we're, we're 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 embedded in it. We're like in a bunker over here uh, in this off season, um, and we're seeing it from second to second. And you kind of get get a little bit of a you have a different look altogether from your from your mm-hmm. job, but you also you're just farther away from it. And so, kind of wanted your perspective on. The way things have gone for the Redskins this offseason, um, let's not mix you know, words. We, we, we're talking about some of the big, big, big franchise decisions that have been made over the last you know, 10 to 15 days. Yeah, I, you know, from afar, when you watch what's going on and you see what happened with McLuhan and how that kind of was dragged out and you're thinking, all right, here we go again. This is kind of the same old Redskins. You, you do a little more digging and I, I don't think um, the organization will come out looking as badly as they did when this initially went down um, just from, from talking to people. And I, I knew that they weren't going to bring back Deshaun or Pierre, Pierre because they thought so. he was too old Deshaun, because I just don't think that, they had a feeling if they gave him a new two or a three-year contract and, and, and paid him that he was going to be available for every game. I think Deshaun Jackson is one of those guys that when he's in the contract year, he's going to play a little harder than when he's not. Mm-hmm. And certainly that's not unique to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I knew they were going to let both of those guys walk. That wasn't going to be a good look. Um, letting two 1,000-yard receivers walk out the door at the same time I don't think has ever been done uh, in the NFL. <clears throat> but – I must say I was pleasantly surprised with uh, the Terrell Pryor signing. Um, I, I think they got him for, I don't want to say a bargain, but, but a pretty good deal. Obviously, it's a one-year, it's a prove-it contract, right? Um, Brian Quick is, is adequate. Um, Zach Brown is, is a guy who wasn't expected to start last year, and he took advantage of an opportunity because somebody else was injured. And not only did he start, he, he played really well. And uh, I think Swearinger is a nice addition. Um, so I've been I've been pleased with what they've done so far. Let's see what they do in nine days when the, when the draft rolls around. Um, but but Dan, you know, it's interesting that you say about Terrell Pryor because the the what I find fascinating about that thing is um, he has numbers. He's put numbers down. All the, all these guys are so numbers exact. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying he's younger. He's he's bigger. Right. He's stronger. Six uh, quarterbacks. He, he's six quarterbacks. Uh, but. What I what I find fascinating is that he is he's putting all of his eggs, his professional career eggs, in the Kirk Cousins basket. You know he's he's saying if I I'll sign a one year deal and I know um, that with Kirk Cousins as my quarterback in in 2017 I'm going to amass the kind of numbers that's going to get me paid. All these guys are, are looking to get paid with these one year deals. Um, mm-hmm. What else? I mean, when you got guys coming here. Just for for him, just just to be able to say, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll, I'm gonna put everything in the middle on Kirk Cousins being my quarterback for you. I mean that that's huge. 
Oh, yeah, sense. I wish the team would put everything into Kirk Cousins. We we all I mean, do, this, brother. This, yep. You know what I mean? Like this whole song and dance, it's it's mind numbing. Um, and I, I've I said before that I just don't I don't see this working out. This is this is where you have to have some foresight. And from a football standpoint, I think McLuhan had the foresight. He wanted to sign Kirk earlier. From what I understand, the way it went down was that they threw out a low ball offer. Yep. This is last year. Yep. Redskins. Uh, the Redskins threw out a lowball offer. Cousins comes back. His agent throws out an astronomical number. And at that point, the negotiation was dead. The Redskins didn't even throw out another number last year. That was it. End of conversation. Whose decision? So they, right. They, they franchise him, and then they realize, holy cow, we're probably going to have to franchise him again. And now, as you guys know, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. <laughs> Cousins holds all the leverage. Mm-hmm. You you are going to have to pay him an Andrew Luck contract. Yep. But here's the deal. You pay him an Andrew Luck contract now, and two years from now, five of the top ten quarterbacks are going to be out of the league because five of the top ten quarterbacks are 37 or older, right? So if he's not a legit top ten quarterback at this point, he will be at that point. <laughs> and instead of being the <laughs> second or the first highest-paid quarterback – He's going to be the tenth highest paid quarterback because that's the way the league works. It's like the newest house on the market, right? Can I get an amen? Can we get an amen? Superstardom by attrition. I I love it. It's 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 perfect. Um, No, but but you know, and I wish you would. But my point is, in two years, you are you are going to he's you're going to look at that contract in two years, and you're going to say that's exactly where Kirk Cousins is supposed to be. He's a top ten quarterback in two years, and and he's paid like a top ten quarterback. That's why I wanted you. We should have had him on a year ago, Dan. I, I promise you, we we have the audio tape to confirm this. We said that exact same thing a year ago. We would say in two, you know, when we were talking about giving him eighteen or nineteen million dollars a year two years ago. I mean, when when that deal would have looked like peanuts. Do it yesterday. Yeah, anything you do with him is going to look good in a couple of years. That's just the nature of what's happening with the salary cap. I, I, I thought you you you've been a Redskins fan enduring this from afar. Um, I, I was like uh, wondering what maybe an interesting argument or debate you've had uh, on the set or with any of your your guests concerning your favorite team uh, on, on NFL Network. Hmm, that's a good one. You know, they like to they like to really poke me of about course, the Redskins. They have to. Um, You're an yeah, easy target, and, and no, and he wears it is, and he wears it, it on his sleeve. So he has to and pick and choose his arguments. No, well, you you absolutely do. And here's the thing, the. It's been nice the last couple of years because the Redskins have been relevant. Mm-hmm. And the only reason we talked about them the first year I was here was because it was RG3. And he was you know, going into his second year. He's coming off that great year and all the you know, nonsense that happened um, with the Shanahan's. That's, that's why they were the story. And then as we went further into the season and they were terrible, we, we didn't talk about the Redskins. Now, now we've been able to talk about back-to-back winning seasons and winning a division and you know, good stuff. I, I think the biggest conversation that I have is, are we buying Kirk Cousins as a, as a franchise caliber quarterback? Um, I still, it's, it's strange to me that you, you look at what he's done and, and the body of work and the sample size, which is big enough now after two full seasons, and you can't, and I'm, I'm not talking just numbers because his numbers are top 10 numbers, but you can't look at him and say, yeah, he's he's a he's the upper half of starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Like to to me, it's a no brainer. So, we still have guys that don't necessarily believe that. 
But then what? Then somebody follows up, follows up and says, "Why are they in the position they're in that now? Then if everybody thinks it was such a no brainer, why are they at such? A, He's the best player. Well, on the you didn't want to sign him. Team. Best player. I on the know. Goddamn no, team. No, I get no. I'm saying from from your perspective where you are. Pointing why? What, where's who's? Where's the finger being pointed? Bruce. Well, it, it, initially, initially, I, I thought that it was McLuhan, and this was what I heard. We call him McLovin, thing. but that's okay. <laughs> McLovin. It's I his like nickname. That. Hey, Jessica came uh, and she was right. like, did it, you guys start calling my husband it, McLovin? Or I was like, yep. <laughs> it was McLovin um, who said, listen, we need to pay Kirk, but we're, we're not going to pay him $20 million a year. We're not going to pay him $18 million a year because he's not an elite quarterback. We're going we're gonna to pay him 16 and they were kind of they were kind of stuck on that, on that number. Um, but then – as it progressed, I, I don't know if it became Bruce. I don't know if it became somebody else in the organization who said, we're just not going to pay him top five quarterback money. We're just, we're just not. And that's where we are right now. And yeah. they're, they're apparently, they're apparently still not. I, I, I would be, sh- I'm, I, I would say I'd be shocked if they actually come to an agreement with him. Um, but I wish I could say I'd be shocked if they don't, you know, cause I think common sense should prevail here and say, listen, we haven't had this guy in the last 20 years. We've been looking for a quarterback for 20 years. We, we finally have this guy. Dan, we just talked and, about the draft. And, and to, your, to your point uh, about the unlikelihood of, of them getting a deal done, what if we get through the draft and Cleveland, you know, Cleveland and uh, San Francisco both take guys in the first two rounds and your Kirk Cousins agent? Aren't you being like, eh, maybe we should talk to these guys? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, my personal sense, and I think a lot of people uh, feel the same way, is that Cousins is going to play out this year, and then he'll end up in San Francisco. Um, I, I don't know that there's a single quarterback in this draft that I look at and say he's going to be a starter in this league for ten years. Nope. Because if you're starting this league for ten years, it means you're you're a top fifteen quarterback, right? You're you're at least Alex Smith, yeah. or you're at least Jake Cutler. But I, I don't I don't know that I see one guy that is a lock to be that dude. Um, Trubisky started 13 games. We just had Patrick Mahomes in today. Incredibly impressive. Yeah, you cut you know, well for him. Up. Yeah, nice hands, bro. You see that? I did. I one-handed, did. Baby. I did. I saw it. You brought it in with the Rick, second Rick, one. Rick loves talking about your one. catching abilities. Hey, you know what? <laughs> he talks about him a lot. Let's. We're talking about your catching yeah, Rick, abilities. Rick only threw, threw me three times all season. Uh, because Let's I was handing the it. damn ball off to the three best tailbacks that were nine years old in the history of the universe. That is pretty Garfield. Was this is a Garfield Dorsey. GSA, Garfield right? Dorsey was absolute fire in a uh, lightning in a bottle. And Sherrod Robertson was no no joke coming in off the bench. Just for everyone's edification on Hogshaven, Dan Helley, the local boy that he is, actually played football with these two fools back when they were kids. He never played anything with teams. He didn't? Okay, I thought he was Maplewood. He was never no, Maplewood. No, no, the transition was my last Should touchdown pass. Let's get the story. Was, was, all right, I'm going to say it real fast, Dan, and, and, and you jump in any, any damn time. Yeah. But we had, this is and, the real and, story. In a four-year span, we were 44-0, and Wheaton Boys Club, now defunct, Invites yeah. GSA, now defunct. Isn't that sad as hell, Dan? To the I Wheaton Bowl, they bring their own refs, and they say, we won the Beltway League, you won the Montgomery Rec League, let's have at it. Then their own refs, their own coaches of their other pound ball teams are the refs. We got every 80-yard run. We had the best running back stable in the history Who were of they? pound ball. Well, Garfield Dorsey, Dan brought up, yep. Sherrod Robertson. Uh, remember Brian Blessing, Dan, was the All-Met Player of the Year? Yeah. He was... Mm-hmm. He was our third was string really? tailback. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it, it's nothing against him. He was oh. a stud, and I played Son against him in, in the high school scrimmage and college. But Didn't we have Eric Frazier on that team? Eric Frazier was absolutely – he was 
So he was he was Tommy Frazier from Nebraska, but he allowed me to hand the ball off so he could catch the ball every now and then. And if my dad wanted to run option, Eric Frazier jumped in and usually That's just right. took it to the house. But we had red team, green team. We had two starting lineups. We were absolutely loaded. So we go to Wheaton. You know, guys, we were we were. And this sounds so this sounds so silly to talk about Pee Wee football, but I love it because that team was not. so good. It was so good that the that the starters literally only played three series because we would score in the first three series and we might play later. So I actually left for a year because I wanted to play. Yeah. I wanted to play for Emory Grove. Exactly. Because I wanted to, I just wanted to play. Cause like the, we were so dominant that everybody, the rule was everybody had to play and they would just, they would yank the starters. Off. It was called red team, and green team. And if you were up by yeah. more than 20 points, green the team. green team had to be the team that played. Well, my, my dad would have to figure out who played red team, green team, who had to be, a, because we were going to be up. I mean, we rolled. We, we were, hey, how many guys on that pound ball team won state titles? At Quince Orchard, Watkins Mill, Gaithersburg, and yeah. I lost in the last second to goofball sitting right here, but uh, we had so many guys <laughs> win high school. All right, let me just fast forward to a 44-0 team going into their 45th game. Yeah, and there's the last game. pass I ever threw for Gaithersburg, and my dad got the job at St. John's the next year, and in triple overtime, Dan, it was power pass right to the strong I remember. Side. I remember in the end zone, Ricketts throws it up. I haul it in. Game, set, match. Two Nike Sharks dragged toes in the back quarter, and he snagged it. No one else was going to catch it. He snagged it. I never forget the parents full sprinting onto the field. (laughs) It was like, it was mass chaos. And you had this shocky, curly-haired mullet going on in the back of the helmet. Oh, yeah, he said mullet. Well, I don't know. It wasn't a mullet then. It was the prototypical TN haircut. But you might have been the original. You might, you might be the OG for the shocky curly hair you know, out the back. You know, I used to go up to Walnut Hill to get my hair cut. Phil, that's where I got my hair cut, my first one yeah, until my last Phil, one. Yeah, Phil was my guy. Phil and, and Frank, uh, brother. Phil and Frank, shout out. When uh, Brian Bosworth was the shiznits, <laughs> I wanted to be just like him. And I went up there one day, and I, wanted, I asked them to, to paint the stripes in my hair like Boz had when he played at Oklahoma. And they said, are you out of your mind? Your, your mother will kill us. So they, they just kind of gave me that big kind of mohawk deal. And, and I had it. I actually, I actually tried to keep it at, at Magruder until uh, I can't remember who we played. It was somebody in D.C. And they hazed me so bad during a basketball game while I was at the free throw line about my mullet that I got it cut the next day. I might have got it cut that night. I'm so proud that you just referenced Walnut Hill Barbershop, yep. Phil and Frank. That was my first haircut. And when I came in in, in ninth year, I wanted to get the double lines in the back of the hair. They took the, they took to the payphone with a couple coins and oh, called yeah. my mom. And she said, yeah, make him think he can't do it, but you can do it. But just don't do anything crazy. My man, that, 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 that's just a great story. Uh, we, that means we were teammates on the gridiron 30 years ago, brother. That, that happened quick. That's crazy, dude. It is crazy. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. But uh, time flies. And then after he threw you guys now, after he threw you that pass, superstars with your own podcast. After he threw you that pass, he came over to Maple and you became my center. (laughs) That 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 (laughs) happened, bro. That's a true fact. (laughs) My dad got the job at St. John. Said, uh, "Hey, coach, you got to put the ball in his hands." Yeah. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Oh, that's great. Touches the ball in every play. <laughs> hey, you know what though, Dan? It is great. It's uh, every Tuesday night we get together. Uh, we talk about DC sports, and we, we cover in, in, in this base uh, specifically. We cover the the Redskins off season, um, which right now is obviously all about the draft. Uh, you know, it, it, I would say it's when things start heating up for you, but 
it's just so 365 anymore. It doesn't even matter. But the draft is a big deal. The draft is huge. I mean, what are what are what are your what are your plans? What, I mean, are you are you locked up all the way? Are you going to be partying, or, or what? Are, can we talk about what you're hoping for <laughs> yeah. out of the Redskins? If you're sitting first in the round? barber chair. Phil's cutting your hair, and Phil says to you, 12, 13 uh, year old Dan Kelly, who do you what's want, best buddy? Case scenario? Yep. Yeah. What's the best case scenario for the Redskins for you? Phil wants to know. And we're telling no, Phil. We're passing it to Phil. There are two guys. There are two guys that I, I would love to see him get, and and I don't know if I'm looking at the Redskins draft board if, if these guys are, um, you know, the, their top seventeen. But the two guys I would love to see him get are one is Jabril Peppers because I just feel like he's a baller. Um, I know you have Sua Cravens. I know those are both guys who are kind of like dude. Eisen has gotten to you. Rich Eisen has gotten to you. I know, no, 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 never. Uh, I just, I, I had to see, and here, here's my, here's my weakness. Okay. We'll have these guys in and I'll talk to them and meet them and interview them and, you know, do a, a demonstration like we did today with Mahomes, And, um, you know, I fall in love with them. Uh, and so I just, I just think Jabril, I, I like when he played, I like him even more when he came in. I think, I think you don't have to have everybody fall into like the cookie cutter image of what a position is supposed to be. I think if Sua Cravens and Jabril Peppers are eleven of your best defensive players on the football team, you put them out there and you figure out how to get it done. Yeah. You know, half the time you're using you're using seventy percent of the time you have five DBs on the field anyway, and if you have two guys, you know, at the safety position who can play up in the box. Um, I don't know. I, I think that makes it pretty effective. The both, other guy, both can I guard just, any just, tight end in yeah. the league. And you are speaking our language right now. It, it, you're paying these coaches a lot of dough. You're gonna get, you're giving them top notch players. Come on, figure it out. Put them in, put make them in, it work. Yeah, make it work. Versatility. It's like it's like Golden State, right? Like you put the best five players out there. You know, if it's four forwards and one guard, if it's one center and three guards and a fourth. You, you put them out there. Put your put your best eleven out there. That being said, um, I, I think one of the top ten players in this draft is, is Christian McCaffrey. Yes, I think if if the Redskins got him, um, the things that Jay Gruden could do with Christian McCaffrey would would be off the charts. I think I think he's a stud. I think he can run inside the tackles. I think he can run outside. I think he would be a top five receiver in this draft if he were listed as a receiver. Um, Brother, he, you said that on you said that on on Total Access, and I and I you, you said I think he's a top five running back, and this was like a month and a half ago, I believe. I think he's a top five running back and a top five receiver, and I jumped off the couch. I was like, "Honey, come over here." She was like, "What the hell is wrong with you?" But <laughs> the guy runs routes just like his father. He has the smoothest in and out of and and the, the softest hands. And I never thought about him being. A wide receiver, so to speak. But when you said that, I was like amazed that you were like, "That's my guy, top five wide receiver." If he entered as a wide receiver, he has certainly shot up from top five to top three running back. Correct? He's I mean, flying up. Oh, no board. doubt. There's no doubt. Give Jay I, I Gruden this monster and let him go to work. I'd love to see it. You know, I, listen. I think I think Joe Mixon is, is a stud. I just yep. think that nobody's going to take him in the first round because here's the thing. If you take Joe Mixon in the first round and most people, the consensus among most scouts is that Joe Mixon is the second best running back in this draft behind Leonard Fournette. But if you take him in the first round, suddenly he's the face of your draft class. Yep. If you take him in the second round or after 
Listen, yeah. there's still yeah. going to be issues. There yeah. still may be some protests, but at least he's not the face of your draft class. Oh, yeah. and plus, he's not holding that number one jersey. Dan Snyder is a zero F's exactly. owner, as in he gives zero F's what you think about him. So if he drafts Joe Mixon, he does not care what you think about him. Yeah. Joe Mixon is absolutely in play for the Redskins in the second round if he's still there. But I do, I think it. It once wasn't a fantasy to think Christian McCaffrey could be there for us at 17. I think now it is a fantasy. Uh, but I also think people sleep on the influence Jay Gruden has inherited with the with the uh, departure of McLovin. I think that in the, the power vacuum that was created, he sucks some of it up. He's an offensive coach. Um, you know, he he's if if there's a guy sitting there that he thinks he can play, you know, and give the ball to 20 times or more a game, he's going to take that guy. He's gonna he's gonna win that argument. I was I was bummed when they didn't even offer Alfred Morris a deal last year. I, I don't think that obviously Alfred at this point in his career is the end all be all, but I thought you could have gotten him for a bargain and why not why not keep him around? I was it certainly sold. turned out that we could have used him. Yeah, I was never sold on Matt Jones. I just I didn't see it. Um, you know, Rob Kelly has shown some flashes. Chris Thompson does what Chris Thompson does, but the fact that they thought that, that Matt Jones could be the every down back was, was beyond me. And I tweeted out a hundred times and said, they're going to rue the day. They, you know, they let Alfred go. And, and now you got, you got to find somebody. I think you have to spend a first round pick and your point is well taken. Jay, Jay has, I think he has sucked up some of that power there at Redskins park and that power vacuum. There, there's no doubt about it. You know, Jay and Bruce are calling the shots. Bruce is the, uh, you know, he's the, he's the greeter at Walmart and, uh, and Jay's the salesman. <laughs> He's the guy to get stuff done. You know, and I, it's I, the Tampa Bay model. It's what it's when he worked with John. I mean, it, I think, and that's a, that's saying a lot about Jay that Jay has um, has earned that command because John 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 ran things and maybe to his own detriment. Um, although I think every, I think if he wanted to coach again, he would have a, a, a line of people wanting to pay him to do it. Uh, Jay, I think this is the first coach Dan Snyder has ever extended. Uh, he's clearly um, has something going on. I, I, I don't think he's being tied to almost anything uh, bad about this franchise right now. I mean, he's the one who, who kicked RG3 out to go with Kirk to begin with. So uh, there's so many good things I think that you could look at and point to about where this franchise is uh, versus what we've seen over since, you know, specifically since Dan became the owner. Um and this isn't to bash dance. This isn't Dan Snyder bashing night. Uh, Although it, there's nothing wrong. Yeah, with we'll that. invite you to that night, Dan. Don't worry, uh, you'll have an invitation. <laughs> but we don't want to do it all the time. And 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 Bruce is an easy target as well. I think I think to focus on the positive, we got an awesome quarterback coming back in 2017. And by the way, um, Dan, the odds are that he will be franchised a third time. I'm I have I have a little bit of a financial he position started, here. He started to go fund me. So. Yeah. Oh really? Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. I I I'm loading up on takers on this bet. I do think the Redskins will franchise him a third time. Uh, I think it's inevitable. Um, so let's we'll, we'll put a pin in that one. We'll put a pin in that one. But you got an awesome quarterback coming back. Listen, we're gonna get defensive talent, Dan. My uh, this is my next my my next uh, question for you, and this is my drum that I've been beating. Now I've always been beating the, beating the center drum. I've always been a center guy. Ryan Kelly was was my draft crush last year. Uh, he went before we had a chance to get him. Um, I'm not going center in, in my, my my draft drum this year, but my thought is that a power conference 
defensive lineman, an upperclassman from a Power 5 conference, from a defensive lineman, will be available in the second and third round, maybe even two of them, who can start for our team. And I, and I you know, so guys like Wormley, Tomlinson, um, Ogan Joby. Brantley. Caleb Brantley. I mean, if Caleb Brantley's there, I mean, what are you hearing about guys like that and, and our ability to get someone like that in, the, in that spot? Well, I think because uh, some of these quarterbacks are going to move into the first round who shouldn't be in the first round. Um, Keep them coming. I think there's going to be four quarterbacks who go in the first round. I think some of those other guys, you know, like uh, like a Brantley or like a Dalvin Tomlinson out of Alabama, um, you know, maybe even a, a Charles Harris from from Missouri. He's more of an edge rusher than an inside guy. But um, I think some of those guys could move down to the second round. Um, yep. you know, some people think that some people think that we we could even see you know maybe five quarterbacks go. Uh, in the first round, I think that's a little much, but I, I think four is pretty realistic. Weber Kaiser at this point. Um, I think Kaiser's probably going to. Yeah, All those he, tools he just, are scary. That they his they are, but he's, he's so inaccurate. I yeah. mean, it, it's crazy. Like when you when you watched him play last year, and you know, I was really it was interesting to hear, uh, you know, Kelly talk about him in, in the way that he did. Uh, I think it probably said more about him than it did about Kaiser. I, I don't know why you would. Um, say that this guy should still be in college when you're trying to recruit dudes and the whole goal is to send him to the NBA I, or send him to the NFL. I said NBA cause I'm thinking of 30 for 30 with John Calipari. Right. And you know, Which was like awesome, how, by the way. how he's figured that out before anybody else figured it out and everybody else is now on board. But you know, the whole goal when you're recruiting these guys, these guys is to sell them on the dream of getting to the NFL or the NBA and Calipari's figured that out. Brian Kelly obviously hasn't yet. Ooh. Next week, you, you you said you said the word Kelly, and it just made me think of uh, a thought that I had that I wanted to make sure we cover. Because next week we have Rob Kelly, the running back for the Redskins. He's going to be on our show, and we, we like to have a we like to do a little daisy chain link uh, things from one one day to the next. We thought we would uh, solicit a question from you uh, for Rob Kelly, starting running back currently of the Washington Redskins. Um, do you have a question we can ask on your behalf? And out of the way has the best wings. We don't need to know that. Yes. So. Um, like when they first started calling him Fat Rob, did he hate it or did he like it? That's what I wanted okay. to ask. Okay. okay. When that first became his nickname. Yeah. You know, because I guess he kind of likes it now because he's, he's, you know, he's not fat. It's kind of a cute little nickname. But Dude, I'm the skinniest when, six foot, 250 pound man in town, brother. So, yes, <laughs> I wanted to ask him how he feels about this. Because I'm yeah, confident in my confidence. Awesome. That is that is logged. It shall be asked, and okay. uh, we look forward to uh, we look forward to getting his answer on that. Dan, you, so you we didn't we, we we didn't necessarily cover any major arguments or spats you've had, but I I heard you say some words that perked my ears up because you said they like to poke you, and mm-hmm. I want to know what it, what will it take, and how long is it going to take in your eyes. Um, for the damage not to be undone because you can't undo the damage that's been done. Um, but we're talking about a team that won three Super Bowls. We're talking about a team that was at at the top of the of the mountain. Um, had good ownership, good coaching, good front office. The whole nine yards, everything came together over a, a, a period of time. It wasn't a flash in the pan. And since then, things have not been that. And so my question to you is, because you have, you, I, I just think that people really appreciate your perspective because um, you have, 
Your job is seeing everything. It's the smoothest brother from Gaithersburg that we can all listen to. He's a swag anchor. Hey, look, man, I'm not just talking about your socks, brother. And look, I will go with you back and forth all night. We can go back and forth, but facts are facts, my man. Yeah, what are the Redskins people have to want do? to hear? What the hell you want to say right now? Give what them, do we give need? Give them something they love. What's going to make people like us? They're starving. What's we're gonna, starving, bro. What's going to make people think we're okay in their eyes once again? Like, what, what's it going to take? I, I here, here's what here's what they have to do. Okay, they got to get they got to get some defensive line help. They got to get a safety. And they got to get a running back. They have they have three picks in the first three rounds. All three of those guys need to be need to be starters. They have two more yes, fourth rounders. Yes, sir. Yes, those sir. guys need to be at least one of those guys needs to be able to contribute. And then they have to bring in they have to balance the power. Okay, I I, I I'm okay with Jay Gruden having a little more power now than he did when he first got here but it generally doesn't work out well when the head coach has all the power. Nope. There's only one Bill Belichick. I, even, even Mike Holmgren, when he went to Seattle from Green Bay, it, it didn't end well. So I want to see them bring in a real general manager. We have a, yes. You have a mission. You have a special mission. We are giving li, – li, listen, this is not a chance encounter, Dan Haley. This is not a chance encounter. We you're need gonna, gonna your like help. Mayock. Talk to Mayock. You Mayock. need to talk to him. You need to convince him. You need to be in his ear every single day. Listen, we're gonna just put it. We're gonna put a thing in your ear. Kevin's gonna just be on you twenty four hours a day. Anytime you're within a two mile radius of Mike Mayock, we're just gonna get you over there. We're just gonna have you whisper some sweet nothings into his ear. Like, is he a right. sicko? Would he take on like? Helly, Helly grew up with Ricka. I don't think he'd ever make somebody <laughs> listen to Ricka twenty four seven. That'd be torture. <laughs> he does. Know Here, that. Let me tell you something. Unless we're at the Mike Sunshine House at Lake Forest Mall. <laughs> <laughs> if, if they, Lake Forest Mall, man, that brings up a lot of memories. Not yeah. all of them. Hold good. on, if they hired Mike Mayock, none Hold of them good. Dan was just saying, Including if they, one if they hired down, Mike Mayock, or no, if they offered him, you said if they offered, I know him. we interrupted. I'm done. Yeah, I'm, if, I'm done if, with if my they, If they offered Mike Mayock the job, I would be shocked if he didn't jump all over it. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I would be shocked. Oh, we're emailing this to every. We're emailing. Uh, everyone's getting this tomorrow. We're. we're I'm. Like, I feel like I'm gonna. Is like, there a way that, you can plaster a Dan, podcast to a telephone so pole? Happy. Yeah. Oh my god. Every telephone pole. Listen, I haven't. I haven't even had a conversation with Mike about this of job. Course. I don't. I don't even see Mike that often. He doesn't come in to do our draft shows. He goes. He goes to the draft and he, he goes to um, the pro day. So he's usually on the road. Um, I just know that he has never worked in the front office of an NFL team. He's been a player, and then he was a businessman, and then he got into broadcasting, and he's been pretty good at, at most of the things he's done. Chuck and, Doris. Um, I think this is uh, <laughs> I think this is something that he would like. It's it's a bucket list thing. He'd like to check that off, and he'd like to get a shot, you know, to run a franchise. And he will and punch I, Bruce I, right I, in his mouth, no doubt. Let me tell you, he would not take any shit. Exactly. That's what we want. That's the whole... Ken calls him Chuck Norris. He's the Chuck Norris of... of, of, uh, Every Chuck Norris joke that has ever been made will now be uh, a Mike Mayock thing. He will drop kick you to the face, and then then he'll be like, hey, uh, you know, what's going on? Listen... You, whatever you can do, and I want you to be totally honest with us right now, Dan. And don't don't be afraid. Is he is he listening? Is he on the line right now? Is he is <laughs> yeah, he on, right. is he on another receiver? But like on mute, he must be. Mm-mm. I wish he was, dude. Uh, Mike Mayock is a badass. Yeah, he, uh, is. he really is. We have this thing called the the Media Summit. We hold it in Santa Monica, and they bring in all of our on air talent, and we do seminars, and it's kind of an open forum where we can talk to management and tell them what we like and tell them what we don't like, and we bring in speakers and. Um, you know, when Mayock speaks, the whole room, 
300, 400, 500 people that nobody's, you can hear a pin drop. They'll be saying it. He'll shoot them in the face if they do. Is it normal to, is it normal to do jumping jacks <laughs> while doing a face, podcast? Oh, God damn it. This is so sweet. Nobody yeah. bothers me. I think I, we just, I need to stop the presses. We're changing the whole way we're presenting this whole show tonight. This is the Mike Mayock machine. No, no, no. This is the Dan <laughs> super but I tell fantastic. You what, I tell you what, I'd, I'd, I'd sure miss him. I, I mean, I'd be, it's, I'd, I'd have the same feeling. Hopefully it would turn out much, much better. But I had the same feeling as I did when I was a freshman at Tennessee. And he sure went to my beloved Redskins. Mm. I thought this was going to be the greatest thing ever. Like I said, hopefully it turned out much differently Ooh. than that. Yeah, but hold on. Senior year is always the best year. That's right? true. And, That's true. Yeah. Well, but unfortunately, my senior year, we had Peyton the whole time. We could never beat Florida, and I missed the national championship by one year. T. Martin came in, so I missed that. Yeah. But senior year is always the best. Yeah, yeah. Year. Wah, you, you, so you wah, graduated wah. your senior year with Peyton, and you missed something. Was, yeah. You know who went to Catholic University that, that exact time frame? Guess who they graduated with, Dan? Kevin. You. Kevin Ricca. <laughs> That's right, brother. But the cool thing was T. You still Stackin, hold all those Catholic University records? Nah, my little brother messed me up on all of them, but I never should have told him shit. But, you know, <laughs> these things happen in families. And, uh, yeah, I just said, just put, Dude, I see it. Just put I see K. Ricca you know, and it'll be fine. We, we work with, uh, with David Carr, and, you know, we're constantly saying, hey, man, can, um, can you get your little brother on the show today? <laughs> oh, great. All right. Yeah. We'll get Derek on one more time. Yeah. He's now, about I would it, like yeah. to shake his hand and have a few drinks because uh, I'm sure he says everything the same way he's supposed to. I'm also sure that after one too many, the, the devil might come out. Uh, I'm talking trash. Uh, older brothers know it. I, uh, my, my younger brothers are so much younger than me, but I did get to play with you back in the day. And we do remember Lake Forest Mall. And uh, Dave Foster did not call in with a question. No Dave Foster sightings on this show, but he'll be he'll be sighted around town. But Dan, I'd be remiss if I didn't send a text that said "fill in the blank." And he said, "Is Foster is Foster working at what's he doing? Is he t- at Tommy Joe's now? No, the, the man is doing great. Baby on the way, working at an old folks' home uh, for uh, activity purposes and." Uh, you know, he's going to be a part of this show. This, this is one of the most dynamic personalities in the history of the East Coast. Yeah. And yeah. I, and I, no I know, I know the man I'm talking to knows this. I know I know this. I yeah. think you guys have an idea of it. But uh, he's He doing saved great, my he's pitching wedge and my 60 degree. He, he's doing great things. He's doing great things, buddy. He's got a baby coming, and, uh, and, and, and he's going to bed at 745 every night. And God bless that guy. <laughs> and, and he said he was going to give me some dirt on you to use. But when I, when I gave him the parameters, he, he said, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I also solicited Dan, Dan you'll you'll appreciate that once he once he's like kinda in and hanging out and, and doing stuff, we're just gonna ask him if he can get his brother Scott Foster on with us. <laughs> yeah, well the, Oh, there's there's no chance that ever happens. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say I'm I'm familiar with this dynamic. I'm gonna go Dan Dave and then uh I don't know. Then we go what do we go? Ricky Hahn, Steve Bates, Roy Lester, like what uh, now you're talking <laughs> all the all the McGregor exactly, legends. Exactly, buddy. And uh and I'm very happy to be a part of that whole crew. At some level or another, but uh, well, I'll tell you, Foster was fun because when I when I moved back to DC and I first started working at Channel Four, um, you know, I was I was walking distance to Rock Bottom where where uh, Foster was working at the time. So after the eleven o'clock uh, sportscast, there were many nights where I'd just go and saddle up to the bar and listen to Foster tell stories. Yeah, it was a good night right there. Yeah, great well, way, I, great I, way past time. Yeah. Sorry, I was waiting for Palco and Rossini, and you went over to Foster's joint. I was just up the street, bro. <laughs> 
Dan, I hope I hope you found I hope you found the audible as a great way to pass some time on a uh, West Coast Tuesday night. Yeah, we. Uh, it, this was fun, and I'm gonna I'm gonna add it to my uh, to my podcast list. Nice. And, oh, uh, Dan Hilly, friend of the show. I think we, I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be checking in on you guys, man. I nice. like it. Listen, to all the people who are listening, all our Hogshaven faithful, um, for off-season on the brink, uh, just remember, for all the things that we think that are, that are up against us, the bad calls, the, the balls that don't bounce our way, the shenanigans, the douchebaggery, all the stuff that we've been suffering through, uh, the, the dumpster fire after dumpster fire, we got a guy. We got a guy. And he's embedded, and he and you can turn on the TV and see this guy, and you can remember, know that he is you, and you can know that he speaks for you, and then he feels your pain. And he's passed it to his children. And he's God passed it to his, his children. It's real. And God bless your wife, Ann. God and bless his name you, is Dan Hill, and he works for NFL Network, and he's the swag anchor. <laughs> Just tune in. Tune in to see him. Tune in to see the swag anchor, and please tune in to the Audible, because for Tim Strachan. Thank you. And Kevin Ricca. Hey, Dan, thank you, homeboy. Much appreciated. I am Ken Marangolo. No problem, Tim. Thanks, buddy, Ken. Thank you, man. G-Berg. G-Berg. G-Berg is out. The Audible is in.